Welcome back to the Lizelle Wellbeing Show, the podcast that brings you weekly wellness wisdom that you can trust. And huge thanks to Anna for leaving this review on her podcast platform of choice about one of our recent episodes. It reads, hi Liz, fascinating episode with Celia Dodd that really resonated with me. Oh yes, Anna. So she joined me a few weeks ago to give some advice about relationships with our adult children. Anna goes on to say, After listening to Celia, I have now reflected that I may be too involved in my kids' lives and maybe I need to take a step back. Not easy, but I can really see the benefits. Thanks, as always, for everything you do. Well, like Anna, if you'd like to get in touch, you can find me on social media at Me or contact the team at Wellbeing. And please do leave us that all-important review for the podcast because it really does help other people to find us and maybe help them get the expert advice and help that they need too. Now, as we are all too aware, I'm sure the cost of living and therefore the cost of feeding the family is going right up. But so it seems is our desire to eat healthily. Well, according to the British Nutrition Foundation, 62% of us have attempted to improve our diets over the past year. That's great, isn't it? But how on earth can we ensure that we can eat well on a budget and meet the usual time pressures of work and family? Well, today's guest might just have the answer. She is a self-taught chef and food writer whose new book, Feel Good, is focused around quick and easy health healthy recipes that can also save you cash. She is the wonderful Melissa Hemsley. Welcome back to the Lizard Wellbeing Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a long time. I'm trying to work out when we were sitting on the sofa in that beautiful office. Yeah, in my studios. Yeah. Was there a dog called Basil? There was a Am dog dreaming? called Basil. <laughs> Yes, Basil, the famous leaf chaser. She is still going strong. Gosh, that must be, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe. I think maybe you'd published a book before that. What was your previous book called? That sounds like it could be Eat Happy. Mm, And that was about mm -hmm. 30 minute meals. That sounds about right. Yes. Okay. It has been a while. (laughs) Well, I'm very pleased to be invited back. Uh, Well, it's lovely to have you here. I love all your Instagram and all your colourful, joyful stuff. You're always there with such a beautiful beaming smile and such great colour. It's very uplifting to follow you. But for those who don't already know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you come to be doing what you're doing now? Well, I'm 30 six now and it sort of constantly bemuses and baffles me that this you know this is my fifth cookbook because I didn't start cooking until probably about age 21. My mum is a fantastic cook but whenever she wanted to cook well whenever she had to cook dinner lunch uh, pack lunch whatever she was always working so hard like many mums and uh, weekends too and she was constantly in a sort of kerfuffle and rushing around racing around and so I didn't ever get that lovely experience that I'm sort of jealous other people did of you know hanging off their mother's apron strings and baking and all of that good stuff and I know that is not the reality for many families now parents don't have time to cook with their kids grandkids aren't necessarily around or available and schools I just didn't learn to cook at school so I came to it late the very short story of the long story is that I fell into cooking for take that how do you fall into (laughs) cooking for take that that sounds quite an extraordinary um, fall yeah yes (laughs) tumble uh a tumble into take that Oh, that sounds like the sort of a documentary, tumbling into Take That. Every um, young girl's dream, I should say. Every think. young girl's dream. Well, actually, I do love Take That and love them even more now because they're such wonderful people. But I was actually a boy's own fan. So luckily, <laughs> I wasn't phased or, you know, flustered cooking for them. How did we fall into it? Well, my big sister, Jasmine, who you know well, she modelled for many years and she knew somebody in the industry who was friends with one of them in Take That. And someone said oh the band are reuniting it was i think their very first reunion imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And this was when, do you remember when bands didn't reunite? And then it became this big thing. And they've had multiple reunions since. Comebacks, I think they call it. And uh, long story short, uh, my sister was asked if she knew anyone who could cook for them. They wanted to boost their energy, feel fit and lovely. You know, such crazy time schedules and times to eat before stage, after stage, all of that. And my sister said, oh, my sister's on a sabbatical at the moment. I must have been 23-ish. And yeah, I started cooking and I was like, I don't think I want to do this. I'll do it for a week and we'll we'll help him find someone else. And I just absolutely loved it. I remember walking out of one of their houses, absolutely buzzing. I'd spent the day listening to Classic FM. I'd gone and bought the <laughs> ingredients. Yeah, I'd bought the ingredients in the morning. Uh, I'd played Classic FM from six in the morning till five in the afternoon. I'd cooked whatever I wanted to cook. I'd tidied up, I'd left the food in the fridge and the freezer all labelled up and I was buzzing. I was like, this feels so good. And I was so happy to receive the feedback and know that I'd left something, you know, made so nourishing with care. And, you know, when you, you know, at the time I didn't know them, so I didn't, very satisfying. At the time I didn't know them, so I didn't care. I've obviously I cared about looking after them, but as I got to know them, that feeling increased because of course when we care about people, we love feeding them. If we care about our jobs, as any chef will say, or anyone that does food for a living, it just hits the spot in terms of satisfaction to take yes. ingredients, turn them into something. So that's it really. <laughs> and it went from there. Well, I think I first came across you possibly, I don't know, maybe it was your second or third book when you were working with your sister and I bought one of your famous spiralizers because you, you must have credited with pretty much inventing courgette and that <laughs> amazing uh, you know, way that you can spiralize vegetables and turn it into pasta. In fact, I've just literally done something for my YouTube channel on that. And every time I get my spiralizer out, I think of you guys. Aww. So, you know, you were very much at the forefront of creating alternative healthy hacks, weren't you, really right at the very beginning? Oh, that's kind of you to say, Liz. I don't I don't know if we were at the forefront, but I think in terms of mainstream media, you know, we managed to blag a column on Vogue.co.uk <laughs> when I think Vogue were one of the very first mags to have a digital presence. And yeah. Um, mm. yeah, and I remember saying to my friends, oh my gosh, we're going to be in Vogue. And they were like, which which issue? And I was like, actually, it's online. And everyone, you know, back then was like, oh, online's like where they put stuff that people don't really want to read. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> yes, now it's the thing. Mm. Now it's the thing. So I think that we were very lucky to get that opportunity to share a recipe every single week. And then quickly, you know, we were offered a book deal. And I remember we sort of went, oh, gosh, that's very flattering. But we just don't feel at all qualified to write a book. Dear old imposter syndrome. And we were just too busy looking after our clients. And we knew that we wouldn't be able to do both well. So we put it off for a bit. And eventually our clients and then all of their friends and then new prospective clients said, you know, can you just write down your recipe somewhere? Because if we can't get your services, you know, actors and so on, can we at least buy your book? So then we decided to do the book. And as you know, Liz, books are so time consuming. Oh my goodness, um, yes they are. But yeah. but also satisfying. Yes, and, and very rewarding when you create something tangible. After all, yes. your lovely food gets eaten and, you know, things <laughs> washed up. But a book, you know, can sit there for a long time. So how does this new book, the Feel Good book, differ then from Eat Happy and Eat Green? What's special about it? What's special about it? Well, you know, it's really nice to speak to you now because as of today the book's been out for coming up to well just over three weeks and so I've received such 
lovely music to my ears feedback from people that have been cooking from it religiously almost it seems I can't believe how much they've cooked in the last three weeks I almost want to say do you have jobs and of course they do (laughs) but we we forget of course that we have to eat three times a day you know and people love to know that they're eating healthy food so Mm. what's there's there's a lot that's different and there's a lot that's same I'll, I'll start with what's the same always with my recipes you can guarantee there will be the theme of being smarter in the kitchen in terms of making the most of your ingredients, saving money, saving on the time you spend in the kitchen so that you've got more time to sit back and put your feet up. I always try to do recipes that are one pan, one tray, as much as possible. And if they're not, there's got to be a Am I allowed to swear? A bloody good reason. Yes. (laughs) There's got to be a bloody good reason to have a second pan or get out a second piece of equipment. And usually it's because I'm suggesting that you batch cook something to roll over into another recipe. What Mm. else is the same in my recipes? Uh, Always tips, swaps, being flexible, never feeling tied or rigid to a recipe. And then what's different, I guess, is this book feels incredibly personal to me because it's a lot about mood and the relationship with food so food and moods I talk about my mental health in it and eating for mental health and I think more and more people and I'm sure everybody that follows you Liz that's listening in now and hello to you all are cooking for not just physical health but mental health we're interested in brain health and of course I'm not an expert or in any way qualified to speak on eating for brain health but I think I can safely say that all the experts agree that beans are fantastic for us, that a wide variety of vegetables and a rainbow of vegetables, that oily fish and our omegas, our omega-3s and lots of leafy greens. And basically, scrap all that away, not stressing over food and not stressing while cooking so that we can digest better. So there's a lot woven in through that. And of course, also, I've got to say, from the very beginning, what all my books share is taste factor. So even if you're a very unconfident cook, I hope and I sort of can see from the the last three weeks of reviews that this is a book of crowd pleasing recipes, even for nervous cooks. And so I always want to make sure that my recipes welcome nervous cooks, people cooking in a budget. Mm. Really good. I mean, you say you're not an expert, Melissa, but you are an ambassador for a mental health charity. So what for you then is the connection with what we eat and how we cook it affecting our mental well-being? Did you come to be an ambassador because of the way you cook and what you cook? Do you know, I don't know. They never exactly said why they picked me. The one I'm talking about is Mental Health Mate, which was founded about Gosh, I'm so confused about time because of the pandemic. Uh, about six years ago mm-hmm. by Bryony Gordon. Has Bryony Gordon been on your podcast? Oh, I missed her. coming. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, amazing, amazing well, woman. You can ask her why she picked me. Okay, I will. <laughs> because I, I don't know why. But um, actually, in terms of why I was so drawn to Mental Health Mates, which for anyone listening is a walk and talk community. So it's run on volunteers. So anyone can set it up. It's now international, and I'm sure you have some international listeners listening in. Mm. Yes, but I would suggest that anyone who's interested, just internet searches mental health mates, and you can pop in your postcode or put in your city, and you will be able to see if a volunteer has set up a monthly group. And it's free to attend. And if you haven't got a group near you, perhaps you might want to set one up yourself. Yes, But basically, yeah, the idea being, and I I was really aware of uh, this long before I heard of Mental Health Mates, because when my father passed, the hospice offered walk and talk therapy for all the people left behind. And it was amazing for my mum. She definitely didn't do it for a long while. She was too, you know, too sad and too nervous to speak to anyone but the whole idea being you know that sometimes it is easier to talk to somebody we don't know because we don't have to put on a brave face for them we don't have to yeah we don't have to sort of reassure our loved ones that Mm. we're okay and Mm -hmm. and sometimes not making eye contact while talking can be really helpful so So yeah I I do that with my kids when we're talking through tricky stuff or I want to raise an issue that's you know hard to confront across the table it's a bit like chatting, driving in the car. You know, you're, you're yes. both looking ahead. 
But I think that whole thing of being able to talk freely without making eye contact if something's a bit difficult, and you're absolutely right, going for a walk, and of course all the therapeutic benefits of being outside in the fresh air or hopefully being in a park or in the countryside with all that lovely nature around you. It's it's a fantastic idea. It's so simple, isn't it? Some of the simplest ideas turn out to be the very best. Yes, and I won't say any more so that Bryony can, Mm. you know, say it loud and proud, but the way that she set it up is so inspiring. And... And why she set it up. So she set it up for herself, which I think is so important because I know you agree with me on this, is that we've got to look after ourselves rather than thinking, gosh, I better look after everybody else and put yourself to the bottom of the list. And Bryony and I had been on the same grief retreat. We hadn't gone at the same time, but I, I knew she had been on this grief retreat I went on about five years ago after my dad passed. And I was still nervous to talk openly about it, but she invited me onto her podcast, Mad Girl. And... I said to myself, gosh, don't say anything you'll regret. Don't say anything that your mum will be ashamed of, aka everything to do with mental health and feelings. (laughs) And, you know, I just said, oh, don't say anything. And of course, I said everything. I blurted things out. I talked about how my boyfriend and I had bonded after meeting on Tinder, uh, which my mum didn't know about. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, together we sort of dark jokingly called ourselves members of the dead dad club because his dad had passed when he was very young my dad had recently was passing and so many people even now message me and say thanks for talking about the dead dad club because you know it's it's the club that no one wants to be in and but actually Bryony was the catalyst for me going oh okay I can talk about things and I don't have to feel ashamed and no one will think I'm weird and it's okay to be in food and talk about... So I credit so much to Bryony and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about mental health, mates. And that's woven into my cookbook. And I will say, you know, because my publishers were like, oh, don't talk too much about mental health in your book because it is a cookbook and we need yeah. to sell in the delicious recipes. Which are but, delicious. So yes, that is, that is a is. kind of thing. No, but, they are absolutely... I love the way it's so simple and easy and, and yummy. It's, it's really good. Yeah, but there are a million cookbooks out there. Mm. So why churn out another load of great recipes as much as I could do that with my eyes closed? Because I, I love doing it and I can do it. And I hope, I hope people will always love my recipes. But it was really important to me to have a purpose of very gently talking about mental health and why I'm so pleased to be doing your podcast is separate to the book the book exists and then all these kind of conversations like you and I are enjoying today can delve deeper into it in a way that you know the cookbook is not going to be able to cover Mm. well interestingly your your book actually came from your feel-good sessions Uh, were they hosted on Instagram they were hosted on Instagram and I wanted to do a second series and you are top of my list and I'd like to continue them. Oh, marvellous. And that you, so you started you that during lockdown, did you? Similar to, to me yes. starting my Instagram lives during lockdown. Yes. Well, one of the few good things to come out of <laughs> lockdown, I think, is creating these wonderful social media communities of, of positivity. Again, you know, I didn't want to do it. A bit like most things that I actually enjoy. <laughs> I don't want to do them and I talk myself out of them but my wonderful managers who you know said to me come on Melissa you know do one and if you hate it just don't do another and you know nosily I got to as a podcast and just interviewing people is you get to ask people you love questions and so it ended up being a fantastic experience and as I was writing the book which had no name eventually someone said I think it was my publishers why don't you call it feel good because that is what the sessions were don't we all want to feel good or don't we all want to feel a bit better and the subtitle is quick and easy recipes for comfort and joy because again love it we we want to feel comforted we like to feel cozy even on the hottest days like today we like feeling cozy nourished nurtured I just came back you know it was so worth the hay fever I went on an hour and a half walk this morning because the last two weeks I've just been on trains going up and down the UK on bookshops which I've loved but I've so missed my walks and I hadn't checked in with all the little goslings and cygnets and all the baby baby birds and I went to see them and I just you know watching them want to stick near each other and be cozy and cuddle up and bask in the sun and you know be bummed to head with each other it's the same for us really we're all we're all so unique but we all share this feeling 
we all share this desire to feel safe and nourished and good and cooking can't solve all of our problems of course but it can definitely three times a day help us feel that bit better and I know when I've had a really lovely lunch or a energy boosting breakfast that I'm more likely to make more positive choices for myself that day mm-hmm. and a lot of the time the yeah. positive choices are the saying no so I've had a you know I maybe I had a an earlier dinner because I, I set some boundaries and said to my friends, sorry to be the grandma, but can we have dinner at seven, not 8.30? Because yes. I know I won't digest my dinner and then I'll be up all night, you know, thirsty, going for a wee. I won't sleep well. Then I'll be cranky in the morning, yes. you know, and it, it for me, it really rolls over. And now I'm just very happy to say to my friends, is it okay if we, and you know, they laugh and then they also will agree mm-hmm. when we're all texting each other at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. in bed everyone's like oh it's lovely to get into bed early and then in the morning I can go for a run or in the morning I can go for a walk or make myself breakfast and a pat lunch it's got such a positive knock-on effect I love it so agree with you that's actually one of my resolutions made recently was to start having my supper much earlier and just exactly as you say you know if you make a dinner reservation or meet friends for supper rather than it being eight thirty, make it you know seven quarter to seven now, some of us listening will obviously love cooking, but many of us won't. Uh, do you include help out there for the ones who don't love cooking? I'm actually thinking yes. of my lovely producer, Chesy, for example, who is not a fan of cooking. Have you got some ideas for people like that? Definitely. Chesy, I'm here for you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I just think it's so important. There's so many competitive cookery shows out there, you know, and they're all at such a high level and high spec and I think they're fantastic and they're entertaining and they make stars for, you know, they give people a chance to chuck in their jobs and make a career in food. And I love it. But I also think that sometimes, and I really try and show, again, going back to everything we said at the beginning, my more of my real self on Instagram and so on, because there somehow feels like we're all in on a secret about how to be the best cook ever. And it's just the pressure's too high and it means that we exclude people who are nervous cooks or don't like cooking or want to start but are too scared to. So I think it's so important to make recipes accessible. And even if you love cooking, it doesn't mean you've got the time to cook all the time. So one of the things I really like to do, and this also touches on food waste and it touches on being smarter with our money, and the time we spend in the kitchen is, I love a little bit of batch cooking. I've seen you batch cook as mm. well, Liz. Mm-hmm. Now, batch big cooking, <laughs> big fan. Batch cooking. Now, to the people who don't like cooking, they're like, oh my God, I don't even like cooking. Now you're telling me to batch cook as well. <laughs> Come on. So I agree that batch cooking is a little bit easier in the winter because you can make soups and stews and things can roll over a bit easier and there it's a little bit more obvious what can be frozen although so much can be frozen so there's that so depending on when someone's listening to this I would always double batch and freeze some of my favorite comfort foods like a bolognese whether that's a veggie one or a meat one or a half and half which is when I replace half the mince with mushrooms and lentils and is just delicious or a curry paste or a fantastic chickpea stew um, a Moroccan style chickpea stew or a dal or something like that now in the summer if you're listening to this as soon as it goes out one of the things I like to do is batch cook a grain or something like a grain like quinoa or buckwheat or you know of course your wild rice your your pasta maybe some orzo which seems to be the most popular pasta ever these days what did we all do before orzo or lentils and of course there's a bazillion type of lentils and then you know, invest in, I mean, this is all about saving money, but I think if it encourages you to cook more, invest in one set of fantastic leak-proof containers. Sorry, I was trying not to say Tupperware then. Uh, (laughs) Containers. Other other brands are available. Other brands. Other brands are available. (laughs) Yeah. And if you have got Tupperware or you have plastic containers, Sky Gingle always says, use them. But if you want to switch to glass or stainless steel and think that it will help you in the long run, which I definitely agree with, then get them. And so store those and um, you can toss through a lovely lemony, maybe an oregano or a lemony thyme or lemony basil vinaigrette. 
And then I would batch cook some roasted spiced chickpeas. So literally drain a tin of chickpeas, pat them dry, roast them with some harissa or curry powder in the oven, uh, let them cool and they'll crunch up and be crispy. And I put them in another container and they're lovely over salads or to pad out a more light dish. And then I would prep my salads and leafy greens by cleaning them because I think that if you're veg, a bit like when you're a kid, right? My mum always used to, bless her, even when she was so busy, cut up fruit for me to encourage me to eat it. And mm. I think it's such an expression of love. I remember doing my GCSEs and A-levels and my mum would always have a bit of chopped apple. I mean, it's so easy to bite into an apple, but somehow when someone's chopped it and for you, chopped it's... it up and left it on the side, yeah, you're going to pick it up it's and eat love. it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, so if you can do that to your veggies, mm-hmm. then you're away with it. Are we okay to reheat dishes like chicken and rice, for example? I know the older generation yeah. always say you shouldn't, but it's fine, is it, to, to cook it and then pop it in the fridge? Yes, absolutely. Mm. You know, the key thing with reheating, and I understand why it's worrying and, and it has good reason to be, and I think the key thing is making sure that you're scribbled down on a poster or on a piece of paper on your fridge when you cook things, you know, when you freeze things, make sure you label it because with the best one in the world, we all think we've got better memories than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure you blast it with heat. So whatever you're doing, whether you're heating up a soup or a pasta sauce, you know, you want to bring it just to the boil and then turn it right down so it's not boiling over. And, you know, leftover rice, leftover chicken, you know, of course, straight away I'm thinking gosh, well, you've got to make an egg fried rice and leave your rice and chicken and heat it in a big pan so that the bottom crisps up and it gets hot all the way through. Or make a nasi goreng, you know, the Indonesian style fried rice. Delicious. Um, And of course, you can do that with quinoa and all sorts. So heating things through, I think it's so interesting. I know people that have got such organised wardrobes they iron their bedding and they have really organized sheets and linens but <laughs> yeah. then they don't really spend any time on their fridge and freezer and you know we're all so different and we've got different priorities but if you can find the joy in once a week spending half an hour just doing a little order of your fridge your freezer your cupboards thinking about your meal plan just half an hour asking your family Right. Okay. What should we do? Let's plan the meals together this week. Meat free Monday. What can we do on a Monday? What does everyone fancy? Is it a veggie lasagna? Is it a veggie, I don't know, some sort of bake? And on a Tuesday, can we make taco Tuesdays? Can we use lettuce cups? Can we grill some tortillas? What should we do on Friday? Should we do fridge raid fritters? You know, we've got carrots and potatoes left. Let's grate them up, combine them with some feta cheese and some spices, fry them into little fritters fry them into like burgers it's fun to have a sort of plan to the week and Mm -hmm. my boyfriend and I during lockdown when we couldn't go anywhere we'd be like let's go to Greece tonight and we'd put on some Greek music we'd make something delicious that reminded us you know a Greek recipe but again I keep a an ongoing list of podcasts and music or talks I want to listen to and I say to myself oh you know what I really don't fancy cooking now because often I don't (laughs) I don't fancy cooking now, but I'm going to do half an hour because it will feel, it's like a little investment to myself. I know I'm going to be busy this week. Let me put something in the fridge. I'll listen to this podcast at the same time. I'll make it fun. And I always feel better afterwards. It just feels nice. A bit like, a bit like when you get your outfit ready the night before, whether it's for the gym or for your meeting and it sort of calms it. Like, okay, I'm ready, half ready for my meeting. I've got my outfit sorted or I'm on the way to the gym already because I've got my outfit, my gym outfit. The same thing. I've got a packed lunch ready. I can tackle tomorrow because I know I've got lovely lunch. Brilliant. (laughs) Well, I think that's a very good moment to pause. We're going to take a very quick ad break. But when we come back, I'm going to be grilling Melissa, not literally, but getting top tips for eating well, particularly on a budget and also tackling the subject of food waste. So don't go away. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. And Melissa, I mentioned the food waste, and I know that you're also involved with another charity called The Felix Project. And in your book, you talk about ways to reuse leftovers. That's right. Yep. The fantastic Felix Project, which is based in London and Greater London, and I'm sure near you, wherever you are in the world, you've got similar, a a redistribution charity. There's UK Harvest in Sussex, there's so many and there is so many because sadly speaking for the UK in particular because that's my country and where I know we've got both a food waste crisis and a hunger crisis and it's just really tragic and shocking that we are throwing away food and people are going hungry and charities like the Felix Project go and collect food that's going to be perfectly edible food I I should say that's going to be thrown out of a supermarket or a a shop and uh, or a warehouse let's say because it could be a warehouse of people that make I don't know almond butter or tin tomatoes or curry paste and they go and collect it and very swiftly they take it to warehouses across London and then volunteers and this is almost all volunteer led of course they've got a head office and then people go out on foot on bikes in electric vans and go and take it to hospitals community centers support groups schools and I'm actually spending the day with them on Saturday they've now opened the Felix Project a kitchen so they're making healthy ready meals and that's what we'll be doing on Saturday. So I've no idea what we're going to cook because of course it's based on what gets given to us, uh, what gets picked up on Friday night or Saturday morning is what we'll cook Saturday mid-morning and it will go out from there. So it is very sad that charities like this have to exist but the work they do is remarkable and they accept donations, of course, if you'd like to help out by donating, you know, five pounds would be so helpful. But if you are interested in volunteering, again, we've used the words a lot today, Liz, haven't we? Satisfying and rewarding, mm. you know, being part of a community for me, the Felix Project or Mental Health Mate is really rewarding. And when I'm feeling low in spirits, depressed, anxious, lost my way you know all manner of things I say to myself you know what I'm gonna if I haven't already I'm gonna put a date in the diary to go and spend some time because I know that I can be useful uh, even when I'm not feeling great by helping out and so it is one of the things I do 
because I think it's important to do it, but also, you know, selfishly, I feel a sense of purpose and I enjoy the feeling of community that I get from the other volunteers. So yeah, I love doing it and I hope I'll, I'm sure I'll always do it. And if someone listening doesn't have a a local support group, you know, DM me and together we'll work it out where your nearest one is. But as I say, it's, it's, it's Mm. sad. There are so many charities, small and large that work on food waste it's interesting isn't it when you look at corporations and the big manufacturers the food waste is often governed by sell by dates or use by dates in the home do you think that we're a bit too strict when it comes to sell by dates yes a little bit like when you ask the question which a lot of people ask about reheating food we've had some scares every now and then of course there is a scare where something you know a vulnerable person eats something that wasn't cooked through or reheated through but in general those that aren't vulnerable can afford to be doing you know the the sniff test just this morning making my mum a cup of tea I sniffed my milk mm-hmm. same <laughs> and you know yes. that's just and, and and some people listening might be like that is the most obvious thing I've heard in the world of course you sniff and see but it's different to those of us that cook with leftovers or those of us that do the scratch and sniff or or chop off something that doesn't look you know has got a bit bashed that's habitual we wouldn't think about doing that but to others that have got nervous because I don't know maybe they're opening a bag of rocket let's say because rocket and salad leaves are one of the most thrown away products in our weekly shops so say you open your rocket and it's got a strong smell at first well most things if you open them have a strong smell at first but then you you look at it and maybe there's a bit of rocket at the top or a bit of I don't know lettuce at the top that's a little bit sad of course don't throw away the whole bag shake it out into a colander pick out the bits that aren't fantastic and then you can use the rest now I would use that rocket as a salad if I picked out the bits that weren't fantastic or you could blitz them into a pesto by adding some basil and nuts and some cheese or you could add a handful of rocket to your I don't know your minestrone or your chickpea stew and wilt down your rocket so you're cooking it if you're a bit more nervous but equally it's a delicious way to cook maybe your lettuce is looking a little bit less than perky and I would stir fry lettuce as they do in Asia. My mum's from the Philippines and they do it a lot in China. They they stir fry their lettuce or Great you can idea. grill your cabbage. Mm. Yeah. Slice your cabbage into quarters. Cabbage is, the last time I checked my red cabbage was about 49p and it was ginormous. And I used a third of it in a slaw with some feta. It was delicious. I, what did I do? I braised the other third and had it with like some leftover chicken from the roast dinner and the other third I sliced into wedges and I um, brushed them with some oil and I I grilled them I put them under the oven but you could put them in the barbecue and then I put some like chimichurri like herby green sauce over the top so three ways with cabbage as an example not bad I mean three dishes for 49 delicious days. dishes That's pretty good yeah interesting yeah, same with I was just going to say talking about the brassicas two vegetables that probably our listeners have got in their fridge maybe right now might be cauliflower and broccoli and you've highlighted that a lot of people might be throwing away some of the best bits of these vegetables mm. well again isn't it interesting what who's decided which are the best bits so perhaps when we were younger we grew up in a household where let's say cauliflower the leaves were stripped off or maybe we even bought the cauliflower without the leaves maybe some people aren't even used to seeing the cauliflower enveloped in its beautiful leaves but now we know that roasting those leaves is delicious and combining them into whatever we're cooking or using the little scoopy leaves as little vessels to scoop up some hummus once they've been roasted and they're delicious and they go sweeter and the broccoli stem maybe we always chopped our broccoli into little broccoli trees and discarded a good 40 percent and the stem is beautiful what would you do with the broccoli stem what would I do with it? Well, what I would do is I'd probably take a peeler or just use my knife to trim off any really knobbly bits that you know people are going to not eat, if that makes sense. So if you if you think your kids aren't going to eat it because it's got like a bit of an imperfect bit, I would just peel that bit off or slice it off. And then I would just finely chop the stems, again, use it in a stir fry or chop it really small and toss it through some pasta with some pesto, add it into a minestrone, 
anything like that would be so delicious and it's they're just as tasty and same with herbs of course like mint stems I just throw my mint stems into a teapot and then add some fresh mint leaves and have a have a mint tea in the evening because the mint stems have got flavor or use it to infuse water but everything else your soft summer herbs your basils your dill your coriander and parsley those stems are so flavorful tomorrow night my mate's coming over and I'm gonna do her um it's in the book it's in feel good roast cauliflower cherry tomatoes and beans and I haven't decided what beans because it will be whatever beans are in my bean cupboard (laughs) I've got a cupboard of tins and I try and challenge myself to not fall back on the old chickpea and use a different bean so I'll roast the cauliflower the cauliflower leaves the cherry tomatoes and the beans and then I will blitz up whatever herb stems and herbs I've got maybe if I've got some rocket I'll blitz that up I'll probably save a few of the beans and blitz it into that so it's chunkier and smoother. And then I take that lovely green chunky dip, you know, swirl it onto the base of a plate, pile on, like tumble on the roasted cauliflower and cauliflower leaves and the sweet cherry tomatoes when they're just bursting. And then I'll probably scatter it with a bit of feta or maybe I'll fry a little bit of halloumi or I'll throw some halloumi into the roasting tray at the end of the cooking time. And that will be a lovely veg based and how many different veg have I got in there I've got my cauliflower I've got my cherry tomatoes I've got greens in my dip mm, sort of base beans, of it so I've got maybe herbs. three I've got my beans my herbs delicious yeah your gut microbes are going to be super happy with all of that they're going to be happy <laughs> and it will be simple because the oven will do the work yeah and I'll serve it probably warm you know because it's going to be hot tomorrow so it'll be I can finish roasting it as she arrives. We can pour a glass of wine and it can be delicious warm if it's a hot evening. Yeah. Lovely. I'll I'll, I'll be over. (laughs) Come over, Liz. Quarter to seven. (laughs) Yeah. Early supper. See you there. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Now, is there one staple ingredient, do you think, that we should all be keeping in our fridge? Or do you have a a favourite or one or two favourites that you always have to have to cook with? I would say, above all else, you know, thinking about the brain and mental health and nutritionists I know is leafy greens. So I almost always have them in the fridge. And if I've got a one of those weeks, which feels like every week where I, it's a bit stop start, I don't know if I'm in tonight or not in tonight, then I will either freeze them or buy the frozen veg. So frozen kale, frozen broccoli. I bought some frozen asparagus the other day and I ended up turning it into a beautiful asparagus pea soup. So it was literally a frozen soup and it was amazing. And it was so good when I hadn't had any green veg for two days because I was on a book tour. So I've always got my greens, my leafy dark greens. Um, And again, I like to turn them into pestos, throw them into soups and salads, roast them. Like a little bit of roast kale through a salad would be absolutely delicious so I think the leafy greens because I feel like they're the sort of veg group that often gets missed out on I feel like a lot of us will eat our carrots and our peas and our broccoli and peppers and tomatoes they always end up in the weekly shop they're sort of habitual veg but I think the leafy greens often get left out and I sort of challenge myself at each meal to see if I can get a little bit in whether I'm having a frittata so chopping some greens through it or throwing a handful of greens into my smoothie or serving some with my dinner, or in a pesto, as I say, or mm. stirred into a, a dal right at the end. That's my little challenge, a little bit of green with every meal. A bit of green, I love it. And presumably, are you a big fan of batch freezing greens? Because I, I have a small veggie garden, and I find that all my greens come up at the same time. I love Swiss chard, and oh, broccoli, and you know all the brassicas and kale when it's tiny, you know little baby baby kale, kaylets, kaylets, and then it's it's yeah. all there at once. And so I I do actually pick it all and just blanch it very briefly, and then lovely spread it out on a tray, and then sort of freeze that it. Sounds good. Um, just sounds just to good. add a handful into anything. I'm I'm like you, yes. leafy greens. And even for breakfast, you know, I, I, tr- I try not to eat carbs for breakfast. So having a base of greens, like some tender stem broccoli with a bit of avocado on top or a poached egg or something like that, I find mm. keeps me off the carbs as well. I've got in the book soft boiled eggs. I do them with halloumi dippers, but also with asparagus or broccoli. I just dunk it into my eggs. It's delicious. Nice. Uh, another thing, when you're shopping, um, we know that, of course, the big shops, 
do reductions in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that one of the things they go big on reductions for is greens because they go off quicker than your carrots and your more staple veg. So definitely look out for them. And when you see them on offer, yep, do as Liz does, blanch them, freeze them. Same with berries, really. I I actually tend to. I had some fantastic strawberries this week, but of course the berry season is short. So in general, I buy frozen berries and they're much more affordable. Much more affordable. uh, Two. Yeah. And also I just bought online actually a big kilo bag of dried blueberries, freeze dried blueberries, because I love blueberries. My kids love them, but they're way expensive and they come in those little plastic pots that really annoy me because they're gone in a flash and then you've got this single use plastic. And I've yet to see them in packed in any other way. But I think having a handful of freeze-dried blueberries that you can then reconstitute, you know, shove it into yogurt, make it into a smoothie, getting mm. all the goodness. Um, and it's so much less expensive than buying them fresh and still really tasty. It's very tasty. Actually, you've just reminded me, Liz, something to say, you know, in terms of reconstituted, <laughs> reconstitu- which is the most unsexy, undelicious sounding word. But I recently was making, there's a recipe in Feel Good, which is called shiitake mushroom adobo, which is a veg version of the classic Filipino dish, chicken adobo. And as I said, my mom's from the Philippines and chicken adobo is uh, sort of the unofficial national dish and it's chicken so simple chicken braised lots of garlic and tamari or soy and a bay leaf and lots of black pepper and a little bit of vinegar and it's so delicious and very quick so I wanted to do a veggie version so it's a mushroom version and in the book I serve it with coconut rice and you've got to make it and sometimes I put a fried egg on it anyway I was chatting to someone and we were talking about how coconut milk, the good quality stuff and is very expensive. And sometimes you only need half a tin, let's say as well. So we were talking about the two great and much cheaper coconut milk alternatives. So one is you can buy coconut milk powder, which is really, really delicious. And you just add that to your rice as it's cooking. And another thing you can buy is a coconut cream bar and you just slice off however much you want, add it to your rice as it's cooking or add it to your curries, your dals. And they last, you just take what you need and they take up much less space and they're much cheaper. So if you love cooking with coconut, that's a good little tip. So coconut milk or coconut cream bar. Great. Could you make coconut milk from desiccated coconut? You can, but I've never done it. Mm. Have you got a lot of desiccated coconut well, to use I, up? I, I sort do of have thing. quite a lot of desiccated coconut and I don't actually like it. So I was wondering, maybe, oh, maybe really? I'll, I'll shove a load of water in it. And the other thing that I want to try, and I don't know whether you've tried this, is I get really annoyed with the packets of oat milk because, you know, they can made with seed oil and they've got all the plastic liners in the packets yes. and, and all of that. And actually, it should be very cheap and easy to make our own oat milk. I've heard people do it mm. just using oats soaked overnight in water. Have you ever tried that? I have done it, but I don't actually have... I don't drink oat milk that much. No, no I mean, um, I'm, I'm, so I'm I haven't... a dairy milk girl myself, but I was just Me wondering... Me too, but, but that, is a good, that is a good tip. And then I know what people do is they then use the soaked oats and they'll turn it into something like baked oats. Fabulous. Uh, yeah. And in my book, there's three versions and my favourite is a carrot cake baked oat. And what's lovely is you can make a big baking tin of it and then just reheat what you need during the week. I know loads of busy parents that do that. One other thing, Liz, little tip for your leftover desiccated coconut. Mm. I love to do what I learned in Sri Lanka where you toast it and then bash it up in a pestle and mortar and a blitzer with coriander and green chili and some lime and turn it into a lovely little sort of salsa to put on top of food is a delicious thing or I've got Mm -hmm. these little fruity nutty oat bites which are my favorite thing to take on a walk or have after a workout and you could combine some coconut with oats so that you know, if you really don't like coconut, you mm. won't enjoy it. But maybe you could give them away to your, your kids. <laughs> yes. Regift your coconut. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't like it in huge quantities. But that's well, that there is you brilliant. go. Yeah. So yeah. to end with, Melissa, can we maybe pick a favourite recipe in the book? Do you have one, or are there too oh, many faves to tough. choose? That's tough. It's like saying which is uh, your favourite child? You know? Do you have exactly, one? Liz? I think you're like my Farinata because 
it is very quick chickpea flour is very affordable and easy to get and a bit like when you're making a yorkshire pudding you take your biggest roasting tray you heat up some oil you whisk up the chickpea flour with some salt and pepper maybe some chili and oregano if you like you pour it into the hot oil in the tray and then i stud it with my favorite pizza topping so olive sun-dried tomatoes rosemary some red onion i grate some cheddar or some parmesan or put a little bit of um, feta through it and it's absolutely delicious and then you bake it and you slice it up or chop it up into little canapé slices and i have that with fish or a big salad or as i say have it as a starter it's amazing and then pudding wise three ingredient chocolate pots chocolate dates and you and I would go for our dairy milk, but people can use hazelnut milk, oat milk, and you make these sweet, gorgeous, rich little chocolate pots, a little sprinkle of sea salt. And then right now I'm having them with raspberries on top. I can't wait to have them with cherries when it's cherry season. Oh, and wow. then in the later months, you could roast some figs with a bit of booze, like some figs. If you've got any um, brandy or anything like that, you could roast figs and brandy and then have that on top. Delicious. All really easy and simple. Wonderful. Melissa, it's such a joy to talk to you about so many things. It's a real, real pleasure. And of course, for more of your amazingly delicious recipes, we will just have to go and buy the book. Thanks, Liz. Well, your book, Feel Good, is out now. That's it. Thank you so much. And how do we follow you on social? I'm at melissa.hemsley on Instagram. And yeah, on my website, it's melissahemsley.com. And there's lots of recipes on there as well. Fabulous. Thank you very much, sweetheart. It's great to have you back Thank and I wish you. you huge success with it. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. And as always, you will find more information with links and resources over on lizardwellbeing.com. There you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter filled not only with plenty of tips for living well, but also delicious, tasty, healthy, nutritious recipes. Just right to coordinate with today's guest and don't forget you've got more advice research articles and recipes of course in our bi-monthly Liz Earl Wellbeing magazine if you'd like to get in touch as I said at the top of the show you can find me on social media at Liz Earl Me or the team at Liz Earl Wellbeing so until the next time we chat go well bye bye the Liz Earl Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earl, and is a Fresh Air production, with thanks to my producers, Ellie Smith, Jessie Bent, and Sarah Moore. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.